It's Home Court Press, Utah Jazz Talk, Jazz Bites with Brian Priest and McCade Pearson. Donovan Mitchell scores 42 points, and the Utah Jazz use a late-game rally to beat the Sacramento Kings 128-112. The only question I have from this ballgame is, who pissed off Joe Ingles, and why is that a bad idea? The Sacramento Kings found out on Saturday night. Stay tuned as all that and more is coming up next on Home Court Press, Utah Jazz Talk, Jazz Bites. Welcome into Home Court Press, Utah Jazz Talk, Jazz Bites. This is your host, Brian Priest, joined by McCade Pearson. As always, we uh, put this show off a couple days, McCade. We thought about recording yesterday morning and then decided, you know what, let's relax on a Sunday. And besides, nobody listens to podcasts on the weekends, right? Yeah, unless they work on the weekends, but yeah, Mondays are good. It's a good way to get up early and, and get the week off on the right foot. It's always better when you're talking about a jazz win, even if it was a bumpy one. Yeah, it was a little bit bumpy, but I think the uh, the main headline for this one is you finally got back in the arena, McCade. You and I went to the game together. It was the first game you've seen in person this year. What did you think about the, the COVID-19 Utah Jazz in arena experience? It was pretty good and well-balanced. I thought it was pretty well packed but nobody was packed together i've been to a few other events with different things before this game specifically and it's the kind of the common thing right now is every three or four seats you have a couple seats that are used and it's every other row and things are good um i don't know if i told you this but i got there at like six six ten and just went and sat in the arena for like an hour because i hadn't been there in uh-huh. year so i just went and sat for like an hour pregame and just watched the warm-ups and it's always a good back that's my uh, happy place so to say so Good place to be. Um, the game was great. I had a ton of fun. It was good. You know, no better place in this world than Vivint Smart Home Arena. I like that, getting there early and just sitting down and kind of soaking the whole thing in. I totally understand. I think that if I didn't work at the radio station in the arena and have some opportunities to, to be in there otherwise, I would do the same type of a thing. I know I always did as a kid. It's just great to... To get in there, you've got players down on the floor shooting around, the music going on. It's a lot of fun, man. It, it, it is exciting, and it's especially that first game of the year when it's been so long. When, calendar day, when was the last one you went to? Did you go to the Raptors game right before the shutdown? No, I think it was the game before the Raptors. I have to pull up the schedule. It was for sure sometime probably about seven to ten days before everything kind of happened. It's definitely been a couple days for me since I've been there, and it's good to be back and could win the Jazz win. We got a little worried there that they were going to lose their 23-game win streak with me there, but they didn't, and they pulled it out. <laughs> yeah, there was some conversation on Twitter I announced before the game that we were going, and there were a couple people that said that if the Jazz lose, you were going to be blamed, and if the Jazz lost on your watch, I don't think it would have changed a whole lot. You know, it would have been, it wouldn't have been fun, but it wouldn't matter because the Jazz are going to be the ones who win the championship anyway, so wouldn't have been that big of a deal. So let's dive into this game and kind of figure out what happened and what went well and what didn't and bring it into tonight's game because the Jazz are going to be without Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson tonight. So they're going to have an extra 11th guy that they haven't had to use all season tonight that I kind of want to bring into this discussion as well. Well, let's get through this game and then we'll wrap up talking about tonight's game. So I wanted to start defensively. It, you talked about how it was kind of a, a rough road, a bumpy start for this Jazz team against Sacramento. And until the fourth quarter, they never really pulled away at all. I felt like watching the game, I haven't had a chance to go back and watch it. I don't know if you have, but just watching it, Rudy Gobert was not his normal dominant self, and I I don't know if that's due to just Rudy had an off game or if it's the Sacramento Kings and the way they're constituted. They're a really small bunch. They 
depend on athleticism and transition to score their points. And it just isn't the type of lineup that Rudy is going to be especially effective against. Yeah, they did a really good job. They switched everything, which the Jazz have seen at times. It's something they struggled with at times, but hasn't caused as many issues as it did on Saturday. But they really just focused on shutting down Gobert in the paint and daring Donovan Mitchell and the shooters to beat the Jazz. And at times the Jazz did that. And other times they didn't quite do that, but at the end of the day, they did enough times to pick up the win. So it, it worked out, but I do think the Kings' strategy was very well played and well prepared for. Um, the Jazz just hit their three, specifically Joe Ingles and Royce, not Royce, no, Joe Ingles, George Niang, and Mike Conley were fantastic from three, and that was a big difference in this game. So how do the Jazz combat switching defenses? That's something they've had trouble with in the past. The Blazers used it really briefly in the second quarter in the previous game, then the Kings used it primarily. What do the Jazz need to do to take advantage of switching defenses and be more consistent with that? Um, I think one of the things they can do, they have taken advantage of, at least on a small sample basis, is Boyan's post-up game. Uh, a lot of people don't like Boyan's post-up game, and rightfully so, because he's not just give him the ball and tell him to go to work and figure it out. But Boyan is a top-ten player post-wise in the NBA because of how the Jazz utilize it, where they only really bring it up when they really want to. So with that kind of bias of when it happens, it's a good tool to have if someone smaller gets switched up, boy, he can get the post and get a layup. Especially if he gets a shot up, his turnovers are the issue there. But if he actually gets a shot up, it's actually really, really, really efficient. So that's one thing you could do. The other thing you can do is just, I mean, kind of go old school and buckle down and just get the job done and figure it out. And that's where Mike Conley and especially Donovan Mitchell come into play, where that's just where Donovan Mitchell has to prove he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. Is he's just got to figure it out and, Sometimes there's no other way around it than just doing it, as uh, hard and annoying as that can be. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what we saw from Donovan the other night. He wasn't great from the three-point line, only going 3 of 12, and he wasn't overall terribly efficient, but finished the night with 42 points. I think right now he's averaging 40 points on the money or right there for the three games that they've played so far this week. So he didn't win Player of the Week. De'Aaron Fox beat him out a couple weeks ago, so maybe Donovan will be able to get it this time, but... We did see Donovan take over, and with that switching defense, he was attacking a lot and getting downhill, getting to the basket. He finished 15 of 17 from the free throw line, and that is like a dream number for me. Yes, career high. Um, you know, it's a really interesting game. That's kind of where I want to take the conversation a little bit, but it's you and getting his night's game is because the Jazz really missed Jordan Clarkson in this game. And Clarkson's been yeah. rough, and I'm not the biggest Clarkson fan. We've been over that a thousand times. But at the end of the day, it being games that are 100 possessions long, give or take, and you have to fill those 100 possessions. Without Jordan Clarkson and with Rudy Gobert only getting up two shots, the Jazz are just really desperate to somehow fill 100 possessions on Saturday night. And that's how you end up with Donovan taking 31 shots and thankfully 17 free throw attempts is because they just didn't have enough people to fill possessions. Um, not chronologically, but I kind of had this game split up in three different ways. You have Donovan Mitchell, who takes up 37% of the possessions and scores 42 points off of it. And then you have Mike Conley, Niang, and Joe Ingles, who go off and go crazy with 34% of possessions, and they score 58 points off of it. And then you have the other 28% go to just other people, and they score 28 points off of it. And so with those three kind of groups is really where it shows, I think, Donovan's main, main value to not only the Jazz, but any team he played on in the NBA, is he's a very, very elite possession filler that when you need a guy just to fill 30, 40 possessions in a night, 
he is very comfortable doing that at a not terrible, not necessarily great, as you mentioned. 12 for 31 is not fun. 3 for 12 isn't super fun. Like, overall, it's just a pretty average efficiency night. But the Jazz just desperately needed those 38 possessions filled without Jordan Clarkson. And with the Kings showing down, Rudy Gobert and Don did a great job at that. Yeah, and you and I were having a conversation about that. The impact on Donovan Mitchell when Jordan Clarkson misses games because Clarkson is dependent on so heavily coming off of the bench to put shots up and use those possessions and score points. And obviously we saw a little bit of difference. You know, Joe Ingles was more aggressive coming off of the bench, 6 of 11 from the field, 5 of 10 from 3. Mia Oni attempted seven shots, making one, which was... I'd love to see the seven. Yeah. Uh, I don't care about the one. It'll come and go. It's fine. You know, if he goes yep. three for seven, no one cares. Getting up seven, as I mentioned, the possessions filled. The Jazz need those seven possessions filled, and me only try to do his best at that, even if the shots didn't fall on Saturday night. Yeah, and I totally agree. And that's where the Jazz kind of have a luxury with Donovan Mitchell, is some guys are hesitant to take those shots and take on an additional role. And Donovan Mitchell is not. He understands what the team needs, and... I love how willing Donovan Mitchell is to listen and learn when he's being coached by Quinn Snyder coming off the floor and at between quarters and halftime, the way the Jazz are able to adjust and, and Donovan can adjust the way he tries to attack teams. And he's just, he's a truly special player at this point. I, I was always kind of up and down. I wasn't as high on Donovan Mitchell as some people have been just because I thought that he was anointed the savior of the franchise a little bit too early. But he's really showing over the past six weeks to two months that he deserves that mantle right now. And while I still believe Rudy Gobert is the most important player on this Jazz team, Donovan Mitchell is without a doubt an all-NBA player right now. Even at the guard position that is so stacked across the league, I think Donovan's one of the best six guards out there. He's been awesome, especially since the All-Star break. Really weird week this week with the two, with just the monster three games. That The possessions feel like the Jets needed this week have been great. That's kind of where I want to just quickly ask for tonight's game, because now obviously you don't have Jordan Clarkson, who's averaging 17 points and 15 shots a game. And now you don't have Mike Conley, who's averaging, you know, that mid-teens and a lot of shots a game. So now you're missing 30 possessions going into the night. And I worry about how the Jazz fill that because they can only do so much. Mitchell can only throw up so many shots. You know, Joe Ingles, I'm sure, will take a little more than his 11. Hopefully Rudy gets back to more than two field goal attempts. But where do the Jazz look for to fill some possession tonight? And who's that new guy off the bench? Because Mione's not going to get the job done. You're going to need someone else. Well, I think you immediately you look to Joe Ingles. He's probably going to boost that 11-shot attempts on Saturday night up to, I would hope, 13 to 15, maybe even 17 shots. Donovan, you probably don't want him going very much above the 31 that he took, maybe up to 35. Rudy is an obvious option here where he only took two shots against the Kings. You would hope he can get at least 10 shots tonight against a Wizards team that isn't very good defensively, and that's honestly probably one of the the keys for the Jazz tonight is just that the Wizards aren't good defensively. So you'd like to see the Jazz still be able to get in their offense and get the shots that they want. But if I had to pick a dark horse guy coming off of the bench to take a few shots, I don't know. It's so hard because the Jazz are really, they have a lot more depth at the the power forward and center positions than they do at the guard spot. So... (sighs) Because that's where I'm at. A lot of people think it might be Trent Forrest, but Trent Forrest, why I really do like as a player, I'm not sure if he's going to fill possession super well. Yeah. Um, Thomas, I think, is willing to jack up three-pointers, and that has a lot of value. And he's the one with the NBA experience, so I think that's probably the most likely. But I wouldn't mind seeing Elijah Hughes come in and just take 10 shots and try to score the ball. Um, you know, he's a scorer from Syracuse. 
let him go out and take 10 shots and score the ball. Like El- so. Elijah Hughes is the guy that I would love to see, but I don't think it makes sense based on the way Quinn has used him this year. Because even when the Jazz get into these blowout games and start clearing the bench, Elijah Hughes has been the last guy to come off of the bench every single yeah. time. And when Trent Forrest plays seven minutes, Hughes might play three so I don't know exactly where Hughes stands in that hierarchy. Yes, as a fan, I would love to see him get some run because I know he can score the basketball, but I don't. I just don't know if that's realistic. Yeah, and so that's what I'm looking for tonight as well because the Jazz, not necessarily chronologically, but if you just kind of reorganize everything, they'll fill the first 75, 80 possessions of this game just fine. But what they do with those last 20 that they have easily filled all season long will determine if they beat the Wizards or not. Getting swept by the Wizards would be really, really sad, but that's a story for another day. Um, I did want also want to point out one more thing. Donovan Mitchell, zero turnovers. Joe Engel, six assists, zero turnovers. The Jazz did a really good job of taking care of the basketball on Saturday night, which helped keep them in the game and then eventually run away with it. So that was nice to see as well. And when we're looking at the 2050 rule for Mark and Doug on the twos and threes, the Jazz attempted 53s on Saturday night. They only made 18, but you just have to hit one of those, and you're going to win most of those games. So I, I think that's all we got for this ball game. We've talked a little bit about the Wizards. They're going to be taking on the Wizards tonight, 7 o'clock in the Viv. And I think we all remember how disappointing that 131-122 loss to the Wizards was. Uh, which game was that? Was that right after the Boston game? Yep, I was. Oh, I want to say like, I wanted to say last week, but man, it's been almost a month now, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been a minute. Been a minute. Ooh. Wizards. Bradley Beal right now is listed on the injury report day to day, but I believe he came back and started playing late last week, so I would expect him to play tonight. The Jazz are going to have to figure out a way to slow down Russell Westbrook. He destroyed them in Washington, and that's. He destroyed them, and then the Westbrook haters came after me because I dared to be slanderous about Russell Westbrook. I'll say it again. I don't like the guy. Ricky Rubio for one day. Yeah. <laughs> we need another guard today. Ricky Rubio's fun with Westbrook. Let's trade for Rubio for one day. Let's go get him. I like it. I like where your head's at. Where can I find you on social media, McKay? Uh, you can find me on social media at McKade P8. That's M-C-C-A-D-E P8. As the Jazz are counting down their playoff push, they should clinch a playoff spot here within the next three days, four days. We'll keep an eye on that. The Pelicans are on a little win streak right now. So Jazz are making the playoffs. Jazz are winning a championship. Follow me on Twitter to celebrate it. Speak it into existence. What's the Jazz magic number to clinch the playoffs right now? Is it two? Uh, so if you're going off of just the 10th seed, I think it's three. But as I said, the Pelicans have won two or three games in a row. But they need them to drop. And then the sixth seed, I think somewhere around like 10, 12-ish. And then it gets really quick because, you know, the West 2 to 6 is just so tight. So you'll clinch that top six spot and then clinch the one seed all within a week of each other um, once we get to that point in a week and a half or two. But the playoffs should be this week for sure, um, hopefully by Wednesday or Thursday. All right. You can find me, Brian Priest, on Twitter at bpriest 24 That's at B-P-R-E-E-C-E-24. And you can find Home Court Press at homecourt underscore press. We got jazz tickets out there available. Leave reviews. If you don't want to leave your name on a review, you could just DM me and say you left a review, and we're going we're gonna to get jazz tickets to somebody, and if at all possible, I'm going to do it this year. McCade, let's finish this one out. You want to take it? Take note.